self-discovery, uh, more specifically, following and finding your own personal legend. Uh, I recently read a book called The Alchemist that was written by a gentleman named Paulo Coelho. Um, this book is a classic. It's legendary for its many different takes and approaches to life. Um, in the book, it, it follows a sheep herder who dreams of finding a treasure and along the way is told that in order to achieve that treasure, one needs to be open to omens and more importantly, listening to those omens as they will guide him on his journey. Now, I don't necessarily look at the line of bird shit that paved the path in front of me as a reason for why I should turn left instead of right. Um, however, what I do take from this I idea is the idea that I need to be open to new experiences and new adventures. And along the way, I will discover something in myself that I didn't know existed in the first place. Um, you see, self-discovery to me is always going to be an ongoing pursuit and something that I'm up to task for. On today's show, I sat down with a gentleman named Nate Dungey. He is an interesting fellow, interesting cat. Um, an environmentalist major from Vancouver, British Columbia. In the last nearly three months, almost 90 days, he has been traveling the countryside, living out of his car, off of the government land, um, isolating himself from basically society and noise that comes with it. His reasons, the why to all of this, uh, of course, this being life. I'm not sure that he will find his ultimate personal legend by doing this, but I know for certain that he'll never find it if he doesn't. I hope you guys enjoy the show today. Follow, like, subscribe. Always more to the story. Welcome everybody to Bobby Talks, dot, dot, dot. Those dots are there to tell you that there's always more to the story. And today's story is self-discovery, finding your own personal legend. You know, I came across this book called The Alchemist. And in that book, there was a lot of things about following your omen and finding your own personal legend. And a lot of people might not know what that is, um, but it basically it's something that can only be found in, in root of your own self-discovery. And that's kind of where I'm at in my life at 35 years of age. My guest today, Nate Dungey, he is out of Vancouver, British Columbia. He is an environmental science, uh, getting his master's in environmental science. Um, Nate, man, how you doing? I appreciate you coming on the show. You're somebody who's been traveling the countryside for the last two months. Um, how you doing today, man? How, how's things going for you, Nate? Uh, I'm trying to stay cool, <laughs> but I'm doing good. It, we're going through a heat dome right now, so it's a bit warm up here, but doing well. Appreciate when it. you say it's a bit warm up here, what is uh, what is warm for British uh, British Columbia? Well, warm typically is probably anything above like I don't know eighty, but it is. I think today it hit a hundred and two. Oh wow! Okay, so you guys are way yeah. warmer than we are right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's really warm up here. So yeah, it's it's uh, it can get really warm where I'm at. Um, yeah. Well, Nate's been uh, traveling all over the country, uh, not just Canada, but also in the United States. He uh, he did a trip that I uh, uh, that I did. He went out to Zion there in Utah. A um, couple things in common there, but we're going to talk today about self discovery, the reasons for it, why we do it, the places we've been. Um, it's all intrinsic, and that just means it's uh, self motivation. It's those things that like you just you have to see. Um, and there's something I believe in all of us, uh, at least those that pursue it, that are compelled so much to travel um, that there is a connection to nature. There's a connection to that type of lifestyle. I'm very excited to have Nate on the show because I'm, I'm curious about uh, Nate. How old are you, man? Uh, I'm 25. 25. So you, we are 10 years apart. We are an entire decade. I'm going to be living my life vicariously through you throughout this next hour. Um, I just, uh, first of all, appreciate being on the show. But second of all, where um, where have you been uh, in the past two months? You said you've been doing a lot of traveling the past two months. Where yeah. have you been? Name some of the places you've been to. Oh, man. Uh, so I was on the road. I think it ended up being 41 days in total. Um, but before that, I did some traveling too. 
but I think I hit 12 different states and two different provinces within that time. Seven or eight different national parks. Um, yeah, Washington, Oregon, California, Big Sur, Zion. Uh, I did, I actually got the chance to do Half Dome at Yosemite, uh, wow. which was really, really cool. Uh, Denver, I went down to Dallas, Louisiana, um, geez, Grand Tetons, Yellowstone, like all over the place. Yeah. Now it's interesting. You, you said a lot of places that are, some of them are on my list. Some of those I've been to. Um, I've been to Dallas. I feel like of everything you said, Dallas has no place on that list with those places. When you talk about the Grand Tetons, you talk about Half Dome. Uh, and then Dallas. Dallas is a cool city, but it's got nothing to do with whatever else you. What no, made you go down and no. venture down to Dallas, man? Um. Well, so I'm originally from Dallas, so I went to visit my family. I okay. was traveling, and I was going through Denver, and my parents were gracious enough to. They found a really cheap ticket for me to come visit them. Um. So I flew down and visited my family for a little bit, which was really nice because I mean, living up in Canada, especially with. The pandemic and everything that's been going on the past few years, I haven't had the opportunity to see my parents very often. So it was, it was really nice to go see them. So that's why I said Dallas. For me, it was a, it was a big deal. But I know in the grand scheme of things, Dallas is uh, not really many people's destination. Sure, sure. Well, hey, Dallas for you is home. So exactly. um, go back home. That's always someone's destination. Uh how were you traveling? Were you are you flights and then Ubers and then renting cars? Are you drive, driving all over the place? Uh, what were your means of travel? So driving. So uh, I actually, so I started last summer with this, with camping out of the back of my car and using that as a means to travel. And this year I kind of wanted to kick it up a notch and I built a whole platform. I have storage and everything built out of my car. Um, a lot of, I don't know if you've seen like a lot of people on TikTok, they do that. Yeah. And me and my, me and my homie, Nick here, he's a, he's a carpenter and he helped me design a really cool um, shelf for the back of my car that I was actually able to end up fitting a twin bed in. Um, so it was a lot of space and yeah, I would just uh, use different apps like iOverlander and then um, like free public land and just camp in those areas. And yeah, I mean, I think I I paid for two nights of camping the whole time I was traveling, and the rest really? of it was free. Yeah. So there are see a lot of people wouldn't expect that today in the twenty first century, um, this idea that you can do anything for free. You know what I mean? Cool. Um, especially something like that, travel and see the world or see the countryside. Um, you, you said there's apps so you can go and live off, or you can go and stay off of the uh, of the what is it government land? Then is that what it is? Yeah, or? So, yeah. So it's two. There's two different like main different types of lands that are uh, government, federal owned, public land. Um, so there's BLM land, which is Borough of Land Management, and then there's the um, the national forests are actually uh, federal public land that you can go camp and do whatever you want in. Um, but yeah, the app I typically use, it's called iOverlander and it has free, it, you just look up, look it up on there and it'll have free campsites pretty much anywhere and um, has reviews from other people that have used it. They'll tell you like how good the, the connection is for Verizon, AT&T and different cell plans. Um, it's actually really cool. It's a really cool community too that uses it. Um, yeah, this yeah, is something I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to try this. I. Uh, it's, it's interesting it's, when you talk about government land, public land, whatever, living off the land. I. Uh, <laughs> I. I used to live in California for about six months, and uh, I remember my, during my time mm -hmm. there, it was kind of a culture shock. But I, uh, being from Midwest, and then going out to the West Coast like that. But I had an internship with E Entertainment, e Entertainment Television Network, and uh, during my stay there, one of the nights we were on uh, Venice Beach. And there was this hippie lady, hippie girl. She was young like us at the time, but she uh, she kept talking about like you know taking the land back from the man. And uh, there was this incident where about ten thirty at night, this truck started driving on the on the beach, kicking all of us off the beach because it was you know past curfew. We needed to go home. Um, nobody could be on the beach at that time. And this girl, I'll never forget it. Her name was Quarter Moon Nate quarter moon and uh she just went running after this truck almost like she was you know trying to stand in front of it and just say this is our land man this is our land uh, and it sticks with me because 
you know, you, you wouldn't think today that these places exist, but it seems like you found them and not only do they exist, there's a lot more of them than people understand. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome that you're able to do that. What kind of uh, vehicle are you, are you rocking? So I drive a 2009 Hyundai Santa Fe. Um, yeah, so nothing too big, nothing too fancy. Uh, yeah, it's just a midsize SUV and I make it work. So what compels, and this is kind of like, we're now we're going to kind of go down to the, the reasons for the, the show today, but like what compels someone to want to stay in their car for 41 days straight? It's, it's not, look, the first couple days is exciting because I've done it too. I actually have a custom made uh, air mattress for my 2010 Cadillac SUV. And I don't have any other room to stand. All it is, it takes up the space for me to sleep on. I'm more comfortable in that way. I, I can drive up. I can drive away. I don't have to have any pop-up, anything, no tents, no, no takedown. It's pull up and leave. Um, but So that works for me. But 41 days of doing that, it's it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like, it's not ideal. Um, but I know I could do it because it's not about the six hours, seven hours, eight hours, if you get it, that you're sleeping. It's about the 20, the 18 to 20 hours that you're living in between wherever you are that makes it worth it. I mean, was there ever a moment in those 41 days straight where you're like, ah, what the hell am I doing? Um, I need a hotel. Let's go do that. Or were you just like such in Zen from whatever you did that day? I mean, it's it's really both. I mean, I really like what you said. Like there's that 16 to 18 hours in between that you're living and in the end, that six to eight hours where you're just sleeping in your car doesn't, it kind of just floats away. It's, uh, I mean, anyone that solo travels, anyone that van lives, anyone that travels in their cars, like there's tough days. Uh, there's days that you're like, this sucks. I'm alone by myself. And that's it. Um, but I had a friend tell me once that like, that was also a solo traveler where they said, I'd rather be alone doing what I love and be lonely then be alone not doing what i love in the end you're still alone but you're doing what you love um but what what compelled me to do it i don't have a good answer uh i just i love adventure i love traveling i love being uncomfortable and being in uncomfortable situations and it's always been something that's been instilled in me since i was young from um, my parents and my especially my grandma um who's a huge traveler and yeah it's just it's just that thirst for adventure and thirst for something new that has always compelled me to travel and i mean like you said i'm a grad student right now so i don't have a ton of money so i have to figure out a way to make it cheap and this is how i did that yeah and what's interesting is uh gas prices haven't helped you at all um but uh yeah I remember this time talking to Nate here about solo traveling. I was solo traveling and this was just i I'm a big professional wrestling fan. So I went to uh, WrestleMania two, three years ago. This was in Tampa. And this is the first time I was trying out my, my custom air mattress, you know, and I'm down there in Tampa and it's a seven, you know, seven days. I'm going to be down there in the first couple of days. I'm like, where do I park this thing? Um, do I, park it, you know, 30 miles back at the closest rest station, or can I just go to like a Walmart? Um, I read online that there's a lot of communities in Walmart. Well, I'm not sure I want to be, you know, in the communities of people at Walmart from midnight to 8am, or do I want to go to like sneak into an apartment complex, whatever you make it work. Right. But mm -hmm. the first night you talk about, uh, trying to find comfortable, safe places. I, uh, the first, the first night I was there, I was, uh, at this Walmart. And I fell asleep. It was about midnight when I pulled up and I fell asleep. And then uh, about two o'clock in the morning, I hear this couple fighting with themselves. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, and it was off in the distance at first. And then all of a sudden, I, I can hear it getting louder and louder. And it sounds like they're coming right up towards the car. And it was a man and a woman. And I was like, oh, no, do I pop my head up and look to make sure that everybody's okay? Or if they see me, will that be a problem? You know, I don't know. So I pop up my head and all I can see at that time is this man and he is just madder and I'll get out and he's letting this woman have it, but I don't see the woman. And I'm like, what in the heck's going on? And finally, as the guy passes my car, I'm sitting up, I look over and that's when it happens. 
the man does both voices. He's literally talking and yelling with himself. So the conversation in the domestic dispute that I heard was himself. And then he would do the girl's voice and literally change his voice to a female voice. And at that moment, I was like, I am uncomfortable. I vampired myself back down into my bed and I made sure that I moved my car and found the nearest rest station I possibly could. Because that was the moment where I was like, you know what? It's cool to solo travel, but make sure you do it in safe places. So... (laughs) <laughs> I think that's the that's the biggest part of it is like, I mean, there, it's finding that safety too. Like it, it, there is that like small inherent unsafeness of traveling solo, but um, like you said, you make it work. You make it work, and I mean, I wouldn't, I would be lying if I said that I haven't had like awkward situations like that happen. Um, and I feel like every other solo traveler I know has some crazy interaction like that but it's just part of it part of it right that's part of it as long as you live to tell the story that's part of the excitement i think exactly exactly Um, now you uh you said that you're not really sure why you're compelled to do it but i want to dissect that for a little bit if we can um have you ever read the book the alchemist i have i have awesome awesome we we didn't even yeah we didn't even talk about this ahead of time off air so i'm glad that we can we can have this conversation now um, I came across it this year, never heard of it before, and I'm not sure how that was possible, but um, I started reading it and a lot of things rang true for me. And, and I'm not somebody that's like, oh, these books changed my life. But what I do is, is I, I attach to them what I already am doing and I attach mm-hmm. to them what maybe I should be doing or perspective. Um, a lot of affirmations in that thing, but there was some new information too. And I like the idea about following your omens. Um And too often that we don't look at life as handing us omens. Now, I don't know if... You have to be religious because I've had this conversation with some other people. I don't think you have to be religious in order to believe in omens. Uh, And those of you that don't know what omens are, but it's just basically kind of the signs in your life that kind of help push you into the next direction. Um, But uh, now after reading that, I've been kind of more open to this idea of like, okay, what are my omens? What direction should I take? But heavy in that book of The Alchemist is personal legend and finding it. And it's all it's like, what is your purpose? But also you know, in route to your, your, your self treasure or whatever you consider to be success or whatever you consider to be your self reward, there's the journey and the journey is the self discovery part. Um, Mm -hmm. question one, do you find yourself, are you, do you consider yourself a religious person? Uh, I would say the best way I can describe is like spiritual Christian. Um, okay. I, I grew up in the Catholic Church, but I don't follow Catholicism anymore. But spiritual Christians is probably the best way to put it. Okay, so you do in, in, in some semblance of a way you accept God or some semblance of Christianity. I uh, I grew up in the Catholic Church, um, and now I it's not that I denounce it, but it's just I don't live by any of those creeds. I'm more of just a spiritual person, just in general with with nature, um, with. Uh, things that make me feel alive, right? I believe that's where I find God, whether it be music, whether it be nature, wherever it's whatever humbles me. Right. And nature Mm -hmm. does that. So in your, in your own words, in your self-discovery this year, or at least in this last two months, what have you found out about yourself in the last two months that maybe you were asking yourself prior to taking your trips or what's changed about you now prior to taking these trips two months ago? Oh man, um, I think I, I've always been an accepting person and a loving person, a caring person, and I think that that really brought that out more in me and understanding the difficulties of life for some people and understanding that li- like life is about the journey it's not about the destination like you said and it's about um enjoying the small moments i found myself when i'm traveling especially over the last couple months that the moments that stuck with me the most are the ones where i interact with a person for 15 30 minutes where i have this little moment by myself where i just feel fully connected with what i'm supposed to be doing and who i am in that moment um I think the mo the the one moment that sticks out in my mind and like just connecting with myself and feeling connected to the earth and everything around me is I pulled off on this random beach 
on the Oregon coast. And have you been to the Oregon coast before? I have not. So the, the Oregon coast, Oregon coast has been a special place in my life for a long, long time. Um, it's one of my favorite places in the world. I've been a few times, um, but it's just, I pulled off on this beach and it was where I was staying for the night. And I decided that I was going to like go cook on the beach and have dinner on the beach and like chill. And I left my phone in my car. And it was just this moment where I just sat there and I'm just, I was eating like some $2 Trader Joe, like in the bag, Indian food with pasta, something like really jank and thrown together, but it was like food and sustenance and I just needed to eat. And I was just cooking it and I was sitting there on this beach looking out in the ocean and it was just this crazy sunset. And it was just this moment where I, I felt connected and I've learned that that's the most important thing to me in the world is just this sense of adventure and being connected to myself. Um, it's weird because I've been back for two weeks now and I feel like I'm losing that connection already. Um, and I, I think, yeah, that, I don't know if that answers the question. I feel like I rambled on there, but yeah, that's, that's, I feel like that, yeah. Well, well, what I think it does is like you, you talking about enjoying the small moments. Um, now you've got to find a way to do that in your everyday life. Now back where you are removed from that beach, where is your beach going to be in your day to day? And, you know, Vancouver there, um, that can be tough. I, I always kind of, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but anytime I had a life changing trip or vacation or travel, um, or kind of any moment, but whenever I've left home, and then found myself coming back. Um, I always have kind of a kind of a hangover depression about where I just was or the experience that I just have. You know, you can the road can be long and can be tiresome, and you can sometimes, you know, desire home in those moments. But it doesn't necessarily mean you want to be home. You desire like your small things, like your bed, or like you know maybe grandma's potato salad or whatever. You know what I mean? Depending <laughs> how long you've been out. Yeah. But that that's not the same thing as like the everyday kind of mundane get up the white noise of your normal home. You know what I mean? Compared to that beach of serenity. Um, they're yeah. two completely different things. And I don't know if leaving home to have those experiences makes that moment better because it's not home or mm -hmm. if it was home, would it still have that same type of connection to you? Um, I don't know. I had a friend of mine say, why would you want to live in Hawaii? That's paradise. Why would you want to live in paradise every day? And I'm thinking that they said their, their point was, was that, uh, um, it would no longer be paradise. Right. And to me, I was like, well, I live in Adrian, Michigan every day. And, uh, if I could surround myself more with paradise every day, I think I would rather do that, but I got the point. Um, so I don't know, but so enjoying the small moments, huh? What, um, do you have ever have that hangover depression though, where you're home and it's not like you're, you know, you don't like your friends or you don't like your family, but it's like, it's just not the same because you, you, you lose that connection to something bigger than you. Yeah. Yes. And no. So I, I love, I love living life on the road. I love traveling. I love adventuring and seeing new places. And it's weird for me because I feel more disconnected with myself when I am home. Um, so it, I get that hangover feeling, especially like definitely. Um, but it's weird. Cause I've never, I don't, I don't know if I can consider anywhere home ever since I, so whenever I turned 18, I moved out of my parents' house and like, I've lived a couple different places since then. I mean, I'm living in another country now and I don't know. It's home. Home is a weird concept for me that I've actually been having a lot, a lot of trouble grasping recently. Um, especially after traveling over the past few months. Uh, it's actually been something I've been really digging deep into with uh, like just thinking about it and journaling about it a lot and really, yeah. So, yeah, what, I don't know. Nate, what was your childhood like, man? I'll, I'll make the connection here in a minute, but I'm just curious. Like, what was your oh, family? Oh, I mean, my I love my family. My family's amazing. My parents are, I mean, everybody says this, that their parents are the best, but my parents are the best. I love my parents deeply. My siblings were all super close. Um, we're a really, really tight knit family. Um, uh, but high school and stuff was really tough. I got bullied a lot and it was, uh, 
so that's why I've always felt more home in this sense of being away from home, I think, uh, along with the fact that I love travel. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, even outside of traveling, like just I was just curious, uh, you know, did you choose because you're on the complete opposite end of Texas to go to school, you know, did you choose yeah. that because the place you're going has an outstanding environmental science program or did you choose that because it specifically is on the other side of the, you know, well, not the world, but on the other side of, you know, it's in another country thousands of miles away. What was your, your motivation there? Um, both. I came for the program for the professor I work with, but also because I've always wanted to live abroad. I've always wanted to, I just love pushing my limits and seeing where my, where I can take myself. And like I said earlier, I just love being uncomfortable and moving to another country seemed like the next step to really push myself um, in that direction. Um, it's really funny though, because everybody in my family, all my siblings, even both my parents, when they turn 18, they all moved out. Like that's a very normal thing for my family. And it, it just kind of happened to be that way. Um, so all my siblings, none of us live near Dallas, but my parents would not want it any other way. Um, but yeah, I think it really came down to like pushing myself and seeing how far I can go with uh, that feeling of being uncomfortable. Okay. And no idea why you have that in you, that that intrinsic uh, motivation to want to make yourself uncomfortable. I'm not sure, can't really put your finger on it or do you kind of have an idea? Uh, it's, I think, I, I don't really know. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's always, I've just always loved to push myself, um, with, whether it's with sports or with my hobbies, with school, with, uh, traveling. Um, I think it's just this idea that I've always had in my mind, especially in the past few years, uh, it's the being 1% better each day. Yeah. Um, trying to be a little bit better each day and just developing yourself as a human being. Cause I don't like being static and being one dimensional. I want to be three dimensional and be able to do all these things that I want to do um, and sustain that and continue to push myself. You know, what's uh, interesting about you is that uh, you're 25 years old and you, like I said, I think maybe even when I reached out to you, you're doing the things now that I wish I would have either a had the courage um, maybe I, you know, I think 10 years ago though, when I look back, like the internet was so different, I didn't know people were doing this, right. I didn't know van life existed. I didn't even understand, you know, tiny houses and solo traveling and things of that nature. I, I knew I wanted to be to these places when I was young. I fell in love with the story about, um, uh, Alexander Supertramp into the, into the wild. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? Um, yeah. I was a young age and I fell in love with that, but you know, what's interesting. And I, I want to touch base with you on this um, is for those of you that don't know, uh, Alexander Supertramp is what he renamed himself, but it's about a story about this, this young man who graduated from uh, uh, a college. Uh, and after he graduated, he just basically wanted to live off the grid. He wanted to be off the grid. Um, he, you know, burned his car, torched his social security cards, his identity, and basically just started walking. Um, the whole idea was to get to Alaska and, you know, do odds and end jobs until he could get there. I believe he started in Georgia and kind of worked his way all the way up, but I, I could be mistaken. It's been a while now. But anyways, um, he did all of this alone. And you've used the word alone now three times on the show. Um, I, I can remember my perspective being at the end of reading the book and at the end of the movie being, you know, I could do what he did. However, I would need one other person to share those experiences with um, because I think at the end, I think he died alone. And if it wasn't for his journal, we would have never had his story or his perspective. Um, talk about your reasons for doing this alone and what that serves you um, and why you do it. Um, so I, traveling alone started as a necessity for me, uh, last summer. 
Um, so I moved to British Columbia at the beginning of 2021 uh, in the height of the pandemic. It was the worst point of the pandemic. And in British Columbia, especially uh, the lockdowns and the mandates and everything surrounding that were very, very heavy. Um, I mean, pretty much everything was closed. You couldn't go out in public and meet people. Um, and for me, a 23 year old at the time, uh, just moved to a country I've never been to um, in the height of a pandemic, unable to meet people, um, traveling alone became a necessity to keep my sanity, really. Um, and that's where it stemmed from. And I found out that, man, traveling by yourself is really fun because you get to go to wherever you want, whenever you want. You don't have to tell anyone. I mean, you should tell people it's safe, but <laughs> you don't have to tell anyone. And you can do whatever you want for however long you want. And no one can tell you any differently as long as it's legal. Um, but so for me, it started as a necessity. And that's where like social media and stuff came in for me because it was just kind of this fun way where I was like sharing myself with someone. Um, I didn't know who that someone was at the time. And it was just kind of fun. And I was just like putting these videos together and taking these photos because I was like, ah, oh, this is fun. Um, and then I found out that that became my other person was my community that I've created through my social media accounts and just getting to show people how beautiful the world is and show people that you can, you can do it alone and thrive and do it. And one of my favorite quotes, and I can never for the life of me for not remember who said it, but it goes something along the lines of um, I'm alone with myself, not lonely with myself and it's this idea of i'm choosing to be with myself and enjoying that company versus this feeling that i feel especially in so the world of social media and today's society this idea of being alone is this idea of being lonely and that idea of loneliness is not desirable in this world right now and you have to have a hundred thousand friends and be doing stuff with them all the time which is not true at all um humans are a uh, this is where my crazy science nerdiness and biology loving self comes in humans as a society are we're supposed to interact with other humans but we are supposed to have that time with ourselves um and i feel like a lot of people have lost connect with lost that connection with themselves and uh i've really discovered that over the last year um and yeah do you find yourself ever uh with that though uh, i mean because that's a really great perspective on things. Um, do you ever find yourself a little bit? Um, oh, what's the, how do I want to word this? Um, to yourself, like, uh, when you go back now that you're home, um, and you, you know, you're back into the public eye, um, you know, whether it just be leaving your house or having conversations with friends or just, mm -hmm. you know, wherever, do you tend to be, um, not like being around people now? Um, or does it make you starve more for those social, interactions when you are home because now you can have them but then you can leave them again when you're ready to go travel again like does it make you more standoffish where you don't like it or are you the opposite yeah good question um so i'm i'm naturally very extroverted i love talking to people i love i have i mean i do have a great community here that i'm i love doing stuff with and being outside with um and i'm lucky to have that um so it, I think it, yeah, I think it really depends on the moment I'm in. If I'm traveling, I'm in that mindset. I am like, I'm with myself, I'm doing things and I'm enjoying it. But when I'm back home, I love spending time with my friends and being with them and really uh, enjoying that company of others. Yeah, I just worry sometimes when people, because I see so many solo travelers and, and it's so funny, I shouldn't worry because I'm one of them, but it's like uh, <clears throat> this idea of isolation. So let me give you an example. I, uh, I, for the last five years, I've been trying to actually, I won't even say five. I don't know, maybe a little longer. Um, Self-discovery has been kind of a big theme in my life, but like getting organized with that self-discovery is also very difficult. It's like, where do you start? Okay. Mind, body, soul, try to do something for the mind, try to do something for the body, try to do something for the soul every day. Okay. Well, work a job, 
try to have a relationship, you know, whatever life happens, you lose the routine and then you got to start again. Right. So there's always reasons why you break it and you're constantly trying to get that 1% better every day. Um, with me, what I've learned about me is that, uh, I used to be very extroverted. Um, and then now as I kind of gain perspective, I, I quiet down a little bit. I can, don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. I'm still showing some signs of extrovert with you and I would be <laughs> out with, you know, with my friends as well. But as far as to the public, um, I can find myself isolating myself at times, especially when I'm a little more depressed in my life, right? Mm -hmm. Is uh, you start questioning everything. So even though I'm still taking these trips, still doing these things where you're trying to like gain perspective, um, I found that when I started solo traveling early on, it was very exciting. But then I hit a point where I did it too long. And I think I was doing it for the wrong reasons, right? I was always at those times I was running from something rather than chasing answers. I was running from questions and, and it was, I think that's the wrong way to do it because I found myself getting to a place where I was very lonely. I would be on these trips doing these, you know, uh, doing these, um, these little vacations as you have it. And I would see people doing the same thing as me, but they'd be in twos or they'd be in threes. And that was me saying, man, I really, when it's all said and done, I need a sense of community. Um, I need a partner. I need something that gives me that I can share this life with these experiences with. So my rambling here to kind of bring it all together is I started off isolating myself to try to get perspective, which is what I thought I was doing but it led me down a path to where I was really isolated from the world and it, it made me unhappy. And now mm -hmm. that I, I have kind of that perspective to, you know, and, and kind of reflecting, I know that that's what I was doing. So now I can have a better experience when I do solo travel because I've, I've sought the right things when I got back. Now I do have a sense of community. My relationship is on the right track to where it needs to be. Um, and now when I do those travels, I'm, I am now chasing something and something that's good, you know, um, yeah. so isolation can be very bad. I was just curious if you had any of that, but it sounds like uh, you're doing it all now at 25 for the right reasons. So man, uh, hats off to you on that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, there's always, I feel like with every single, and I don't want to like say it like for everybody, but a lot of the solo travelers I met, there is that like small little bit of like running away from something. I feel like that's just very intrinsic in that community there's always that little bit of like you're trying to discover yourself, but there's always something that's just like this. It, it feels like there's always some type of origin story that led people down this path. Um, one of the cool things, especially with the social media world is uh, you can find community through that. And I've met a lot of people in the solo travel world through that. And it's, yeah, it's really fun being able to do that. But I feel like, yeah, that, like you said, there's always that just like small little bit of running away. And like, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a little bit for me. I mean, that that would be, yeah, that would be a complete lie. Um, but I think majority is like, yeah, finding that adventure, finding yourself and really searching for that answer that you want. But yeah. What, um, going back to uh, what you just said out there, um, when you're out there traveling and you're doing your self-discoveries, uh, we talked about finding our omens, right? Do you yeah. uh, do you believe in omens? Do you believe, and if you do, what were some omens that you believe maybe you found along, you know, just in the last couple months that made you maybe make this decision to go here or maybe make your decision to stop or whatever? Do you, do you believe in omens? Oh, definitely. Yeah, fully. Um, I guess a few that pop in my head right away in terms of omens that led me into, in terms of this trip in particular, um, so like I said, I started this last summer in terms of like traveling in my car and whatnot. Um, but this summer or this spring, really, I started talking about this idea of spending the whole summer in my car and traveling, um, which wasn't realistic because I have obligations I have to commit to here, but I was going to make it work somehow. And I was talking with my same guy who helped me build the back of my car out. And he was like, oh, I have the wood that I can help you build that platform out. And I've done it before. Do you want help with it? So I was like, sure, yeah. And so that happened. And then um, started building that. And I completely forgot that I applied to a 
permit to climb Half Dome, like I said a little bit earlier. Um, and I got an email shortly after that where it's like, you won the lottery to go climb Half Dome on this <laughs> date. And it happened to be the perfect time when I was planning to be in that area anyways. Um, so I was like, cool. I, I guess I need to plan that trip. And then I had a permit for three people. So then my friend who was a, my roommate during college, he's like, hey, I'm in Reno. I can come down for the weekend and come do this hike with you. And then you can come visit me in Reno. So then I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go to Reno. Um, and then I saw my friend who lives in Salt Lake City post a sunset picture on the salt flats. And I was like, that isn't far from me. I could go there. Um, and it just was like this trickling effect where it was like these small little things where it just kept bringing me certain places. And like you said, those are definitely omens. Yeah. And when you're in those places, do you, uh, you know, are, do you tend to keep to yourself while you're there so you can soak in and maybe this constant state of like meditation almost or a serenity, or do you kind of dive into, you know, the people that are doing the same thing as you and share stories and experiences? What, what do you find yourself doing? Uh, both. It depends. It really depends on the day for me um, and what I'm feeling in that day. But a lot of times I really, I love sharing a smile and a story with people and talking to people and really understanding their lives. Uh, and through doing that, I found some of the coolest people in the world that just like happenstance. And now they're some of my best friends. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just love getting to know random people. And I think it really comes to this feeling and I'm like, it, it's, I don't know if you've ever had this feeling, but I feel like this constantly happens in my life where I'm just like walking around, not really knowing what I'm doing. And then it feels like this one person just like shines a little brighter. I'm like, I'm going to go talk to them. And that, that happened a lot on this trip, especially hiking and stuff like that. And it just, it all worked out. Yeah. It's an energy thing. It's an aura thing, right? You can just kind of tell who, I mean, we gravitate to where, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're looking for it, if you're, if you're, you're open to it. Um, but most people that are taking those types of uh, trips or self-discovery journeys or whatever you want to call it, um, you can tell those people that just kind of jump off the page to you. Um, I love talking to anybody and everybody, but usually if you talk to somebody and they're not having you, um, there's no skin off my back. You, you, you're not the person I was looking for to have a conversation with anyways, right? It's the person exactly. that is overly annoying like me who's co <laughs> contributing to the conversation in this same energy fashion that I'm giving out. Those are the ones that, you know, you've made a connection there and you're also doing it in this place where you both are humbled. Um, like I did uh, Angel's Landing. You were, I know you did the Narrows. Did you do Angel's Landing yeah. while you were there? Uh, I had the opportunity i didn't um but you did half dome i did half dome i was really interested because i wanted to know which ones were, was more strenuous because that half dome that's a hike man um just based based on what i've been talking to people half dome is probably the more strenuous um but i mean both are equally beautiful I, I, uh, I gotta tell you. So the story about angels landing for me, if you don't know is, uh, there's kind of two peaks, right? But the mm -hmm. one peak is what you have to get to. So that's the one that you get to actually stand on the peak and you're up there and you're taking in the entire, uh, Zion national park. Um, I am deathly afraid of heights. I went with a buddy of mine. I told him, it's funny, I had this GoPro. I just purchased it. I was like going to do a time-lapse video of yes. us doing Angel's Landing, which I did. But the entire video is just me holding onto the chain, staring at the mountain, refusing to look out and see the wonderful beauty because I was terrified. But I wanted to do this. Um, we had probably been doing it for about two hours with all the switchbacks and then the climbing mm -hmm. of the actual mountain. And uh, we got up there to what I thought was the peak of this thing. And I said to him, I was like, wow, this is awesome. This is completely worth it. I'm glad I did it. And he's like, Rob, we got to go there. And it's like a little bit more of a steep hike. And it's more of what the half dome, I think the whole hike is for the half dome. And I looked up and if I would have never stopped, I would have made it to that part. But we stopped and I started looking at all the beauty and then he told me where we had to go and I physically couldn't move. I couldn't go any further. So That's I fair. climbed about 80% of Angel's Landing and then just stopped. And my body, and took the fear took over and shut me down. And I, I hate that about me. 
I told myself in that moment, just keep going. You can do this. You can do this. And I, I physically couldn't move not one more feet or foot. And uh, yeah, but it was okay. I still say I did 80% of it. <laughs> there you go. Um, you can say you did it. You did it. You did yeah, it. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> but no, he went on for, it was only honestly up. another 20, 25 minute hike. And he went on, did it, got to the very peak, um, said it was gorgeous, beautiful. And uh, yeah, we came back down. But um, yeah, just uh, I can't imagine doing half dome because I, I've seen it. It looks like it's much easier in the sense where it's just one step in front of you, one step in front of you. It's up, 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 up. You don't have the turns and whatnot, but it's so much more steeper in the workout. I'm assuming, um, I can assume people that are out of shape can't do that. Is that, is that correct to say, or is that unfair to say? I think it's, I mean, you can, um, you definitely can. Um, I definitely saw some people that were, I, I don't want to, don't want to say out of shape, but they, they, they were a little out of shape. Um, <laughs> and they did it. They did it fine. It's just a little slower. Um, I think the most difficult part about it, though, is is the hike up. As I think Angel Landing is like a mile and a half or two mile approach up, right? Mm-hmm. So the approach up to the cables is, uh, I think it's eight to nine miles in total, one way. Wow. So the whole whole hike is sixteen to eighteen miles. Um, so yeah, by the time is... you're there, you're you're torched, and then you yeah. have this like, I don't know, five hundred, three hundred, five hundred yard straight up pulling yourself up the cables uh, and it's just like that final push um, and this is what what people don't see actually is the hardest part of that hike is the like you said there's a false peak before it and it's um, called subdome and the switchbacks up to that is actually the most strenuous part of the hike so you're doing that probably for I don't know half a mile and then you get up to the top where you start the cables and you're already just zonked. You're out. <laughs> and it's just beating down heat. There's people there and you're just like, I have to do this now. Yeah. Um, but it's like one of those things where it's just totally worth it. And um, but why? I'm curious. Why, why is it worth it? That's kind of, I guess that's the, the point of the show today. <laughs> why? Like how when we explain this to people, oh, it's beautiful. Well, I can see a picture of the beauty. But there's something different about experiencing it. And is is the work to getting there part of it? Or is it just simply the spectacle of once you're there? Like, why? Why is it worth it? I think it's all of that. I mean, it's really that connection that you feel with just nature, earth. You're pushing yourself to your limits. You're really stretching what you can do and what you think you can do as a human being. And it's, it's just all this culmination. And when you get to the top, it's just like, wow, I did that. And I mean, I guess the like the, the joke is like, oh, it's just like, oh, this crazy walk with a pretty view at the end. But I feel like it's just so much more than that. It's the whole experience is just connecting with yourself and connecting with the world. Yeah. By climbing a crazy mountain, it's like, <laughs> why can't we connect with the world as you're on your route? to, you know, your, your college class. I mean, it is possible. I think here's what I would say. I think by doing those types of experiences for me, it's a humility thing. It's wow. Look how small I am in this gigantic thing that is earth. Right. And that's just earth. Now you've got like these new telescope or Hubble's the scope images. And that makes you feel even smaller. Right. And it's like, wow, to me, it's not necessarily that I'm not, I'm not, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love sports and things like that. I'm very physical in nature, but like, I'm not drawn to having to overcome the physical part of it. That, that really isn't it for me. It's the fact that when I'm there though, or even if I was to go to like something like the grand Canyon, I'm looking at this spectacle that is much bigger than me and it helps humble me. And what that does is it, it opens up my perspective to enjoy, like you said earlier, those small moments when I get back home. You know what I mean? Because I'm not surrounded by paradise anymore. I'm not surrounded. I'm, I'm in my McDonald's Subway Taco Bell route that I've been on for the 3,000th time in my life. It's what's new in that route that I can grasp onto that day and find beauty in. Because if I didn't have those humbling moments later, I might lose sight of that. To me, that's what the answer is. I don't know if there's anything there that's true for you, but that's what it is for me. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's incredibly humbling. Um, I think for me, it's humbling in a different way, especially on crazy, 
crazy hikes like those because you're standing on the top of this unreal impressive granite dome that is iconic and amazing and you're just sitting on the edge and you're looking down and it's just this feeling of i could slip right now and i would cease to exist cease it's to just exist. that feeling it's that feeling of just i could just one snap and i could be gone and it's uh i think that's where the humbling portion comes in for me is just it really opens up my eyes to this fact that at any moment I could be gone and it's really doing what I can to enjoy my life and really discover myself before that moment. Yeah. I, I actually take what you just said and I, I kind of attribute that to everyday life. It's like, I could be gone in this car accident today. You know what I mean? Like I could be, and I tend to not think about those things as you shouldn't, you'd drive yourself crazy thinking about every hypothetical situation that could happen to you. But it, it's the loot, not losing the other side of it where it's like, okay, today is another day. Let's get after it. Let's enjoy the things that we can enjoy. Um, don't get me wrong. Cranky as hell. Sometimes wish I wasn't want to be better. Um, I have to constantly remind myself. I'm like, wow, I didn't handle that conversation as good as I wanted to. Um, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm a work in progress and always will be as you will be as well. But, um, I just think that what you've been doing, you know, really does help someone in their self-discovery and their personal legend and trying, finding their own self-truths where I know a lot of people who don't leave their doorstep or a 30 mile radius of their hometown and yet somehow have a perspective on the world. Um, and I try not to judge too harshly anymore. Like I used to. Because that's kind of what I've learned um, is not to necessarily, you know, hate the, those people or that mentality. But it just saddens me now that they have such an ego attached to them, even though they've never experienced anything such as the Half Dome or Angels Landing or just been anywhere where all these people look down and say, you know what, I think I can climb to the top of that. Um, yeah. And the journey of getting there is going to be something that challenges me both physically and mentally. I'm going to share experiences with people going through the same thing on the way up. If you'd never have those types of, uh, you know, opportunities, there's no way you can have tolerances on things, you know, on deeper issues. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. I, I Maybe I'm reaching. Maybe I'm turning that granite stone like you talked about and i'm making more of it than it is but that's that's how i look at life that's what i believe no i definitely i would agree with that i mean there's a certain eye-opening experience when you go through these things um even if it's just hiking along a beachfront for like half a mile or hiking to the hop at, top of half dome it's experiencing the world that really like you said opens up your eyes to these bigger issues and being able to, I don't know, uh, see the humanity in those issues. What do you think the the issue is for the for the uh, social media addiction of not just the addiction of social media, but like the false um, community on a, on social media? Like you said that you were able to look, reach out to kind of like and you're on TikTok. I should I'll plug that by the way. Um, life of Nate on TikTok, man. I stumbled upon you and I seen the, all these little videos. You were doing these beautiful larger than life scenes. And I, I'm always gravitated and inspired by that. I heart every single one because I'm like, okay, I, where was that? I want to go there. Where was that? I want to go there. You know what I mean? It becomes like this bucket list that just grows and grows and grows. And you'll never be able to constantly or to get achieve them all. But, um, you know, I, I think there is this idea of, uh, which is cool for you. You found your community even when you're traveling alone. Um, but do you put too much into that? If that wasn't there, would you be lonely traveling alone? Or do you think, um, you would still be fine? Because I, I do think if you, you know, pulling it back from people who don't travel, we still in our mundane everyday lives, we put too much value into that like button or that follow button and who's following us back and whatnot. Um, I think so. Yeah. Uh, in so in terms of finding a community while traveling solo, I think I still would be able to find it if social media wasn't a thing. Um, I think it is just another avenue that I've been able to meet um, really awesome individuals that I would have otherwise not been able to or been unlikely to meet. Um, in terms of the addiction side of it, and I mean, that's something I've 
struggled with and placing I, I learned that the hard way earlier this year, placing too much value in what other people think of my creations and the work I put in. Um, I actually had to take a month away in February because I actually got a lot of really bad abusive comments and direct messages. Um, I mean, I don't know why, basically. I, I don't know if it's, I don't want to say jealousy because I hate that word, but like this longing of doing and doing these things and feeling like they can't. And then for some reason, I mean, to take it out in some way on the creators. Um, I mean, that's something everybody deals with on that's a creator on social media is the negativity of it. Um, how, how, it's, how it's, could, tough. it's tough. It's how tough. Could somebody, it, all you did, Nate, was you went and traveled somewhere. Think about this. Think about break it down. You went and traveled somewhere. You made a video of how beautiful it was. And because you yeah. tend to repeat that pattern, somehow you are now open to just maliciousness. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. It's it's weird. That's that's where I got. That's where it became difficult for me because I just didn't understand it, and I was taking it way too personally. Um, so that's why I had to take that month off and really understand. It was like, is this something I want to do? Is this social media continuing this? Is this something that aligns with? one, my mental health and my life goals. Um, and I came to the conclusion, obviously, that it did. And it's something I enjoy. And I put a lot more value in the fact that this is something I enjoy versus I'm trying to make other people happy. There is that instance of wanting to inspire the people that do it because I really want them to. and I really want to inspire, but it's also breaking it down a little bit more and bringing it back to that, that core of where I started. And it was to keep my sanity and to keep my happiness and to keep my mentality um, living in a new place I'd never been and realizing this is this this is what saved me. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that in, in my personal social media journey, social media saved me. Um, I, was in, I, I was in a really bad place the first few months I moved here mentally, very, very depressed, very down, knew no one and yeah literally. why though is that just because of the you were alone in that a new place in pandemic you couldn't leave or was there like yeah. did you was there things back home that you left reasons i mean you don't have to share whatever you want to share but like why was it so difficult for you i mean what you said at the beginning i moved to a new country in the middle of a pandemic i was already down before i moved i mean i, I everybody was but yeah, moving to a new country away from my family, away from my friends, away from everything I knew and not getting here and not being able to meet new people and build that community. Um, it, I mean, uh, along with literally everything else that was going on in the world at the time, um, it was tough and it really brought me down. And it was some, honestly some of my worst, worst mental state days of my life, uh, probably for geez, February to March of 2021 was rough. Uh, and that's why in about, I want to say May time is where I started really kind of getting into social media um, in terms of sharing my travels because I was starting to travel by myself. Um, and that's where I kind of built that community of meeting other people through that and realizing that I wasn't alone in this. And then yeah, it just developed it. I mean, really, it saved me. Uh, social media did save me in the end. Well, then take the good things from it, leave the bad things. Um, <laughs> exactly. I think it, whoever gave you this, uh, I think you do have a marvelous perspective. You have the ability to, um, you know, what took you a month um, took others years. It takes others years, and maybe they never find it. They never have that um, know how to say something's off. I'm unhappy. I need to dissect the reasons I'm unhappy because I don't always want to be this way. Sometimes we get bitter and we just live in that unhappy place and with no intentions of ever getting out or we think we do, but yet we repeat the patterns um, and we never really put anything in place to get us out of that funk. You, you had the know-how that says, man, four weeks, 28 days, I've had too much. I need to, you know, uh, I need to kind of reset this and figure out why. Um, so mm -hmm. kudos to you on that, man. Um, I want to push back on one thing before we get off the show here. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you a question. You can tell me whatever you, you think. Uh, you said <laughs> something to me about uh, 
you you share your stuff and you hope it inspires because you're inspired by it and i'm the same way um uh <laughs> i'm just uh, battling now saying hey do i do this at 35 um do i because you know i have some goals that i want to meet but you said i hope that i inspire others because i want everyone to do this don't you think if everyone because this is kind of a cool niche thing right is that you're doing something that not everybody has the bravery to do. Not everybody has the desire to do. And they are, you said you don't like jealousy, but they, they do tend to gravitate towards your pages and your social media because there is a bit of them that wants to do that. They're just not doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Imagine a world, though, where everybody is doing it. Doesn't it lose something? Doesn't it lose something for you? Or is it, does it not because everybody can find their own beauty in those things? What do you think? I think when I'm talking about inspiring other people, it's finding that thing that makes them feel alive. I mean, there's okay. something intentionally, everybody has one thing in their life or a couple things that just make them feel like they're floating on earth. And for me, it's yeah. traveling. Um, and to, to answer your question, literally, uh, for me personally, I don't think so because it's what I feel called to do, to explore the world and be a nomad and travel. Um, but to bring it back a little bit, I think, um, just inspiring others to really find, like you said, that personal legend, that thing that just makes them click, that makes them wake up every morning, jumping out of bed, smiling and just loving life more than anyone else could love life. I think that's the most important thing to me. And that's what I want people to grab from my page. Well said, man. Well said, Nate. I, uh, I'm right there with you. I, uh, I, I tend to always um, say this to people around me is that whatever brings you peace and happiness, I hope you find as long as that it doesn't hinder other people's opportunity for peace and happiness. So live your life. Yes. And that follows politically, that follows religiously, that follows whatever, you know, just figure out what makes you you happy um, and then pursue it, man, pursue it. So. And I, I do want to say one thing because you're talking about you, you brought up age a little bit and this made me think of somebody I met on my travels um this this lady who is in her mid 50s who travels by herself in her van and she started at 52 and her whole thing she kept saying to us we're on the uh, i'll set the scene it was we woke up to the sunset of this it's this place in utah called moonscape landing and it's this beautiful beautiful overlook that is on blm land it's out near canyon lands um and it's probably the most beautiful place i've ever been like full stop unreal place amazing um and we're sitting there and me and this other guy that i just met that morning we're sitting there and this mid-50s lady from quebec traveling in her van for three years and she just kept repeating to us if you were to die tomorrow would you be happy with what you've done just kept repeating that like you are going to die at some point might as well live it up until that point you could die tomorrow and what do you have to show for it? Why wait? Why why wait? Yeah, why wait? I that that question or that that those two words are the reason why I I I'm 35 years of age. I'm just now leaving a career field that I put my last eight years into. Uh, actually, ten years if you put in the education that went with it. So the last mm-hmm. decade of my life has been pursuing education, becoming a teacher, and saying those things to kids, trying to inspire in them you know, to find your personal legend, to seek it out, whatever it may be, um, because you only get one life here. Um, and now at 35, like I, I don't look at myself as old. I just look at myself as well. You know, I'm in a relationship and, uh, I'm, I'm trying to minimize my life as far as like my material things and maximize my Mm -hmm. life as far as my experiences. Um, it's getting organized and trying to figure out how to do that while, also being in a relationship where, you know, I'm responsible for, you know, another person and the way they view the world and trying to balance it out and not lose myself at the same time, but like creating a world together. Um, it makes, there's challenges there, but there's also, when I look at the future that I see, you know, you know, break big opportunity, but it's just like, okay, she's going through school and kind of finishing up some of those things. So it's like, I'm on a waiting game where I'm ready to just like launch and take off. Um, but you're right. Why wait? And uh, I hope our audience, if they gather anything for the, your personal legend, don't put it off one more day. Um, attack it every day with everything you got, because uh, I think that's uh, I think that's important to finding who you are. And I think you, you know, like the lady asked you, if you're happy, 
Um, what did you say? <laughs> um, I think so. <laughs> I think so. You know, uh, I'll give you one back. I saw on uh, a video somewhere a long time ago about happiness being something that is a fleeting moment. It's here and it's gone, right? Definitely. Pursue content. Are you content? Because content is oh, not, cool. yeah. Content sounds bad. Oh, I'm just content. No, 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 no. Content means that you are at peace. And that's all I can ask for you, my friend, Nate. And uh, maybe uh, somewhere down the road, we will be climbing up a mountainside, looking ready to get <laughs> reach an overlook. Um, and I'll be like, Nate, is that you? You'll be like, Bobby, that's you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. All right, man, before we go, what was the, what's your, you said that place, but what, where, where's your second best um, place you've been to? So we can tell our viewers to go and um, go, go there. Second best place I went to. Um, can I say two? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I know that I know okay. they're all babies and they all kind of like have their moments and their own special specialties, but like, what are you said two? go ahead. Two. Uh, they're kind of, less travel to spots uh i mean well they're sold out too but big sur uh south of san francisco santa cruz unreal amazing um uh, i had a full out-of-body experience there it was unreal um and then i feel like one of the most underrated national parks i've ever been to is grand tetons that's in wyoming isn't it yeah it's just south of yellowstone unreal i spent i actually spent two more days longer than i planned to there just because it's just I felt so connected and it was just so beautiful. Yeah. I had a buddy of mine snowboard there a couple of years ago and uh, he said it was just unreal. He's like, Rob, it's one of the coolest places I've ever been. So, uh, and he, he just got back from Iceland and he still says that. So <laughs> man, that's where I want to go next is Iceland. <laughs> well, man, I, uh, I really appreciate the time. Time flies. We spoke for an hour and five, but uh, man, I hope you nothing but safe and uh, happy travels. Um, and continuing to keep your eyes open for those omens and uh, continue to keep your mind open for those uh, self-truths that you're going to continue to find, my friend. Do you have any uh, yeah, last words for the show? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, thank you for inviting me on, talking to you about this. This is something that's near and dear to my heart, and I just hope that everybody finds that thing uh, that really gets them out of bed every morning and brings them life. Well said, brother. For those of you that listen, we appreciate you guys staying on for the journey. Uh, if you're new to the show, go ahead, hit that subscribe button, follow, like, whatever you got to do. Share. Share the stuff that you just heard today. If you want to see the show continue on and see the show grow, uh, please share because uh, it really does help the show's growth immensely. And uh, rate, review if you can do that as well. But as always, be human, be kind. We'll talk to you and see you on down the road. We did it, Nate. <laughs>